0: You need the feeling in your hands, Uh, yeah. Cooking also, there's a variety of cooking if you're going into Michelin star cuisine. You have uh, like people, they can uh, uh, putting the the stuff on the plate like artists and it looks so great and inspiring. But the cooking process process itself is, is a craft and you have to learn the craft. But you cannot learn the talent.
1: That was the voice of Flavio Fermi, Michelin star, head chef of Basel-based restaurant Ackermanshof. So, grab yourself a drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, depending on your preference, and come join us as we talk all things chefy. on Grab a Drink with a Swiss Chef. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Daniel, and our featured guest today is Flavio Fermi. He's head chef of Hof restaurant in Basel, where he puts his twist on modern Mediterranean cuisine. Flavio has worked all over the world and under some truly great chefs. Aside from his Michelin star, he's also been awarded 16 Gotti Mayo points. He's our first Michelin star chef on the podcast, so it was Really very exciting chat for me personally. For those who haven't heard of the restaurant, the address is St. Johans, Vorstadt 19-21-4056, and that's in Basel. As always, if you wish to contact me with feedback or questions, feel free to email me on the Swiss Chef 101 at gmail.com. And as always, all the links we mention um, on the chat today will be posted in the comments below. So, let's jump into it. I very much enjoyed this one. So, let's check it out. Hey, Flavio, and uh, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi, thank you for the invitation. It's glad to be here.
1: Yeah, it's really nice to to have you here. Um, So, before we get into it, and before we start talking about your story, um, I have a very simple question to ask that I ask everyone on this podcast, and that is what are you drinking?
0: Oh, uh, most of the time I'm drinking a lot of water. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) okay but, but, i understand uh, yeah a lot of water for being in the kitchen it's, it's hot and uh, yeah i have to stay hydrated
1: right but uh, when after service do you tend to go for a drink afterwards to to wind down yes
0: sometimes but actually right now i'm looking uh, not to drink too much alcohol but in the okay. weekend i love to drink a good bottle of wine yes white or red it depends on the mood and time
1: of course of course okay so um before we talk about you and, and your story um can we just get a little brief overview about you know yourself the restaurant you know what is it for for people that don't know about it what's the concept how did it come about and basically what's your role there and
0: right now in the akerman's in basel uh, we opened two years ago and uh, i made my Yeah, my name in Bubendorf uh, in the Osteria 3 where I used to work uh, eight years and uh, with the Michelastar and then uh, me and my business partner, we decided to move to Basel into the city because in the city it's uh, easier as uh, on the countryside to to do a fine dine restaurant. And uh, so far my reputation is for Ita- italian or mediterranean cuisine and now in, in basel in the akkerman i improved a little bit and i use more of my uh, asian skills of my thai cooking skills and so we start right now in the actual set menu we start with a thai appetizer and then we do a uh, a, a combination from a pesce crudo from a fish carpaccio with a with a light uh, also Taiwanese and so that's that's my style of cooking right now and uh, we, we we achieved our goal to get the michelin star back and to sixteen points in the gomi right in the first year and uh, we are quite proud of it that everything uh, went well after corona and after the lockdown we have good business we have our awards back and so we are really happy to be in basel
1: it's fantastic yeah. and uh, congratulations on uh, <laughs> yeah. on the Michelin star actually you're the uh, the first Michelin star the chef first. we've had on the podcast so cool. <laughs> it's very cool <laughs> I'm <honored>. um yeah <laughs> right um flavio <laughs> you tell me a bit about where, where you're from like where, where did you grow up
0: uh, i i grew up in uh, Pratteln this is a small village close to basel you can uh, reach it by the tram number 14 but uh, my 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 parents they went to pratten from basel uh, i'm born in basel but uh, when i was a baby so they moved uh, mm-hmm. a little bit outside
2: yes and okay uh, yeah
1: yeah. yeah i know p- i know pratten yeah uh, my son was also born in basel yeah um cool um and what was food a a big part growing up in the family at pratton um Uh,
0: food food was an important part Uh, i also have to explain from my dad's side i'm italian and from my mother's side i'm swiss but mm-hmm. okay. my mom was cooking all the time and uh, she did a good job. I, I love to eat her food. <laughs> and right. I was like impressed how she could handle everything uh, children working and uh, cooking fresh food for lunch and for dinner. And this was, uh, she did an excellent job. Today is her b- birthday anyway. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. <laughs> birthday, mom. <laughs> yes. And so far, the food was uh, an important part. But uh, uh, in our family, we didn't go out many times for having dinner at the Mishlastar restaurant. Uh, When we went out, it was like uh, we were going out for a pizza with the grandparents, Mm -hmm. Uh, easy stuff. Mm -hmm. I I got in touch with the Mishlastar cuisine uh, later when I was already uh, doing my apprenticeship as a chef
1: what was the um your first memories of eating something like truly amazing that you thought wow this is this is something do you have that memory
0: yes I have this memory but this wasn't in the star restaurants uh, many years ago it was the first time in uh, Thailand when I was like uh, flying to Thailand for test cooking in the mm-hmm. company I I applied for a job
1: mm-hmm yeah, Do you so, remember the dish?
0: Yeah, it was maybe 10, 20 dishes, but okay. it, it was not only the dish, but the, the combinations of the, the, the spices, of the the know, of the chilies with the fresh herbs and the acidity in it, in, in the salads. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was like mm-hmm. an overhand of uh, great, great uh, aromas, yeah.
1: And uh, when you were... Um growing up in in pratton um what was your favorite dish as a kid do you, do you remember that
0: my favorite dish as a child i guess it was a simple one like a, a wheel stew with uh, mashed potatoes yeah
1: mm-hmm. anything like this yes mm-hmm. yeah okay and uh when when you go home these days are you uh, are you expected to do all the cooking or can you uh, still enjoy your your mother's cooking
0: no, I, I even more. I enjoy the modest cuisine. Yes, when I come home, then maybe I, I take with me some leftovers from the from the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy stuff, or just I uh, eat a big salad, or yeah, I, I love the easy stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I have, I'm like I'm. Um, I have enough of the fine dine, right? Thing, the cooking part and tasting and trying out. And after that, I have to do a cut, and uh, now it's not working anymore. Now I go home and eat just a simple dish, but uh, yeah, fr- fresh
1: <laughs> and yeah. Uh, tasty. Of course, um, could 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 we talk a little bit about your start in in, in the industry? Um, where did you did you start as an in an apprenticeship, or did you were you at a college or university? Was that here in Switzerland, or was it abroad? What was the start?
0: It was in uh, Switzerland, also in Basel, in the Gundel. Mm I made my apprenticeship in the Gundeldingerhof. Here in in Switzerland, we have like the dual Bildungssystem, the dual Bildungssystem. It's the combination between uh, practice and theory at the school. So as a chef, you work like five days four of them mm-hmm. in the restaurant, in the kitchen, and one of them, you go to school for the theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is how, how we do it here in Switzerland. And for me, it's a, it's a great concept. So you, so you have, after the three years of the apprenticeship, you have already some uh, recognizable skills in the kitchen and uh, you know what to do. And, and you, you, you could go uh, everywhere you want. To work mm-hmm. you could go to to london to dubai or just mm-hmm. uh, to st moritz in a restaurant and and you have already the standard uh, they expect from a good chef from a good mm-hmm. young chef yes
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and before you went into this, what, what was the the main reason? Had you fallen in love with the idea of cooking uh, before? Or were you a bit um, apprehensive about which career path to choose? Or was it something you always knew you wanted to do, to, to go and train as a chef?
0: Yes, yeah, so, so far I had uh, no clue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, actually, my way was to do the gymnasium to do the matura and then to go to the university that was like uh, what uh, the school where i was uh, in uh, yeah well but that was the theoretical plan but at mm-hmm. the end i said no school is not my way i want to do something that uh, fills me with mm-hmm. the joy not only with <laughs> with, with, right. with books and the uh, theory i want to work with my hands and then i was like uh searching for ways of hmm, what what can i do and i mm-hmm. had a, a half year time before school was finished and i made one uh, stage in a restaurant and yeah it was so fun i really liked it i liked the people i like uh, yeah the coolness i like the cooking the working with the great products yeah and then i said okay that that's my i, I was like surprised that i Found uh, right in the first try, what fantastic! What I, yeah, what I was looking for. Yes, it was a great coincidence. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, twenty three years later, I regret uh, nothing. I'm quite happy that it worked out so well.
1: <laughs> wow, that's great! Yeah. Um, and th- so then, after the um, the, the the internship, um, what where did that take you afterwards? Where did you go, and what did you do?
0: Right after. After the apprentice internship, mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, working a couple of months in this restaurant a couple of months in that uh, restaurant in Basel. okay then I went to the to the army as every Swiss man uh, has to right and, and then I went to northern Germany to silt. this is like a, uh, Sult, yeah yeah a luxury island like the San right. Morris. so yeah it's uh, the same for for Germany, I had a rich Hamburg, Mm. (laughs) rich people from Hamburg are going to, yes. Yeah, and there I was working in a nice hotel and uh, yeah, I I worked a lot, they paid bad,
3: (laughs) (laughs)
2: of
0: course. (laughs) But uh, but I loved it, I I really loved it, Yeah, this was never an issue for me, I just uh, like to work and to live and uh, so Mm -hmm. I did, yes. I okay. was never complaining and uh, thinking about ah, I'm not getting uh, a good salary for me was the 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 payment was the the yeah the educational improving yeah. my skills and my knowledge yeah. yes
1: he just had the passion for yeah him, it's like if
0: you are going to university and uh, yeah, you have to fill yourself up with uh, yeah knowledge and yeah. skills yeah.
1: And was, th- was that uh, time on SILT, was it uh, uh, career-defining? Was it, you know, did you take a lot in that moment mm-hmm. or did that come uh, at a ne- the next place?
0: Yeah, I guess it was also its combination. SILT was the first step in, in, in Germany and then I went to Hamburg and Berlin. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the mix from everything. Yeah.
1: yeah. Was there a... Um, a particular chef that uh, took you under his wing at any of these places in germany
0: yeah this was uh, fritz schilling in uh, hamburg he was like my my mentor he was like a old school chef uh, on the top of his career he cooked two Michelin stars and 19 wow. points in the gourmet he was in the in the 90s he was a really big number in germany and uh, he impressed me often because he was just uh yeah, he 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 loved what what he was doing. He loved cooking still mm-hmm. with the uh, fifty six years, nearly retired. He he still was so passionate and trying, and tried to give us uh, young chefs some uh, more skills. He was like teaching us uh, hard, not in a harsh way, mm-hmm. but uh, every day. Oh, that's not the way. I showed it to you yesterday, you have to copy mm-hmm. me proper, uh, and he was never tired of this and now I'm, I'm nearly 40 years old and sometimes I'm already tired to <laughs> correct <laughs> right. people all the time because I think, oh, oh buddy, uh, I, I showed it yesterday, why do I have to repeat myself all the time and uh, I have the biggest respect for that, that he was uh, teaching and correcting us all the time and he was never mm. tired
1: <laughs> right wow that's quite something how how does one go about getting into a, a kitchen like that at, at such an early age how did you manage to um to get there what was the the journey that took you under a two michelin star chef
0: yeah i actually i, I don't know it was like yeah. uh, the, the destiny was uh, uh leading us set you know then I came to Fritz Schilling and uh, yeah, I was in the team. I was uh, at, this, at, this, at this stage already 21 or 22 years old. Wow. But uh, yeah, it, it was great. I have only great memories of all mm-hmm. the stations. And I have to say it was not only about uh, cooking and being in the top kitchen. It was also about uh, getting uh, yeah, adult or getting older. And, uh, yeah, having a life, managing a life uh, alone in a foreign country, mm-hmm. in, a, in a million city. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was the, the, the second part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And how long were you there for?
0: Uh, one and, and a half was, year. One and a half yeah. a year. Yes.
1: And then uh, what brought you back to Switzerland?
0: Uh, all over i was uh, four years in germany and then mm-hmm. i came back uh, because um, my old boss from the apprenticeship in the gundlingerhof he asked me if i want to be his new head chef in a new restaurant for him mm-hmm. because he saw uh, this guy loves his job he's uh, getting some more experience he improved skills and now i can give him a position a leading position in my kitchen mm-hmm. yes and that was the way, uh, or the reason uh, how I came back. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And what was the uh, what was the restaurant called?
0: That was uh, the the Rollehof at the Münsterplatz in Basel. Ah, okay. yeah, this was 2008 to 2010. I was cooking there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also a beautiful place for tourists mm-hmm. in Basel, the, the Münsterplatz yeah. and the, the Pfalz and yeah, it's. Uh, beautiful place of the old town and right mm-hmm. now also you can eat their great uh, tapas <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah,
1: it, it changed um and from there uh where did the, where was the next step
0: after the Rollerhof, also uh, i have to explain I came to the Rollerhof direct from uh, Tim Raue in Berlin. <clears throat> mm, okay. I brought some guys of the team with me and we have been mm-hmm. cooking uh, two years together. And then one of those guys said, oh, I, I'm leaving to Bangkok after a nice position. So mm. I can make, I can continue my career as a chef de cuisine in Bangkok at the Swiss Hotel. And so I got also curious, what is the life also uh, okay. Brings to me, or yeah, yeah. What, what can I do? And then, uh, luckily, per coincidence, uh, I left also later to Bangkok, yeah, but in, other, oh, wow. in another hotel, yes. And then, so, so we met together in Bangkok, <laughs> 10, nice 7, kilometers away, yeah. And uh, it, it made also man, many things easier for me to get there because uh, I knew already uh, two guys actually. In mm-hmm. Bangkok, also two guys from the team, Tim Raue, yeah, from Berlin, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And ha- yeah. how long
1: were you there for in, in Bangkok?
0: A little bit more than a year, yes, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Bangkok was great, actually. I wanted to stay there longer, and uh, yeah. I love the country, I love uh, the people and the working with the people. at uh, yeah, my, my stuff was so great, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sometimes in the big hotels if you want to live your own creativity it's difficult because you have their concept and uh, they say look this is a New York steakhouse so you cook exactly right uh, a New York steakhouse yeah <laughs> and uh, okay. I, I was leading two restaurants the first a New York steakhouse and a rooftop a Mediterranean bistro Wow um, and uh, yes it, it was great but at the end I had to say no uh, that's not that's not me. Mm-hmm. i I can cook good, I can cook fresh, but uh, I cannot live my real creativity, yeah, okay and, that, and that, uh, yeah, that really made me sad and then uh, yeah. after a year, I said, no, I cannot continue like this because i I felt bad in me, and then I said, no, I have to leave before anything happens because uh, yeah you're in trouble all the time, you work long days. Yeah, and then it becomes dangerous if you are not true Mm -hmm. and honest to yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I understand. And um, and then that brought you back to Switzerland. And from that moment, where was the next step?
0: Then I came back to Switzerland. Actually, I had a couple of months later already a new contract with Shangri-La for going to Muscat oh wow okay but but in the last moment i also decided look uh, i I cannot do the same fault again. right (laughs) right right then i cancelled the the contract before okay before uh, uh, i got in yeah and then i was looking for a new job in switzerland and i said Mm -hmm. okay now i'm here then uh, Mm -hmm. then i got panic oh what can I do here? Do I, <laughs> do I get a, a good position? Mm-hmm. Because internationally, there is no big deal to get a job as a chef de cuisine or a, of uh, course, executive yeah. uh, sous chef somewhere easy. So many mm-hmm. positions, so many new properties, or hotels and resorts. But Switzerland, yeah. uh, the market in the hospitality is uh, limited. Mm-hmm. Yes, and at this time, uh, yeah, I had. I hadn't so far a big name, and so I was like panicking, oh, uh, well, was it the right decision to stay here? Right. Uh, I was not sure, but, but at the end, I met uh, Roland Tischhauser. He's now my partner in the Ackermannshof. Uh, at this time, it was in the Hotel Bad Bubendorf in the Osteria Tre. And then he mm-hmm. said, look, um, I'm looking for a new head chef for the Osteria. And... Uh, yeah, we directly liked each other. And then, uh, yeah, I was uh, going to Bubendorf. Wow. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Um, tell me a bit about um, your favorite style of food, right? Um, I mean, you've lived all over and, and cooked uh, many different types of cuisines i mean what, what's your favorite uh, style of food and what's your favorite ingredients to work with
0: <clears throat> my favorite style of food yeah, that's actually different uh, difficult to explain because mm-hmm. uh, on the one side i love uh, the, the thai food or the japanese food that's what mm-hmm. i like to eat when i have uh, some some time off and uh, and, uh, yeah, also I like a good, uh, <laughs> a perfect pizza. It. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. so there is a, a variety of, uh, of stuff mm-hmm. what I like to eat. And uh, uh, also, it's, I guess that's the most difficult uh, question for a chef to answer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> also, also with the products. Uh, of course. With the products, I, lo- I love to cook with the seafood uh, and uh, fish yeah that's uh, right now mm-hmm. what i really like
1: yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how do you find in switzerland um obtaining good uh shellfish and and, and fish because uh, as a consumer here it's very difficult to get um or it's very expensive uh to get uh good quality seafood here i wonder if you have any secrets you could share <laughs> uh,
0: in, in switzerland uh... All good products, uh, all good products are expensive. If it's right. meat or fish or seafood, uh, I think in the private sector, for a private consumer, it's uh, even worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for me, I, I can uh, get really nice stuff, and it's uh, here in Switzerland, in like uh, the, the the stuff is still two days fresh, mm-hmm. and then it's uh, so far perfect to consume. Mm-hmm. But this, these are the, the big suppliers, the big right. importers, and yeah. uh, if you if you're a private person, then, then you are going to the to the cope and migro and looking for a good piece of fish, yeah. yeah then uh, it's it's difficult, or you don't have a lot of variety.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it's also uh, most of the time frozen as well, right?
0: Yeah, don't don't be mad with me, cope and migro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <that's> exactly <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> okay and w- when it comes to like who who would you say are your culinary influences um is there someone i mean you mentioned some past chefs um but is there anyone else who you feels influenced you and in your cooking in in such a significant way
0: mm. There are many top chefs uh, around the world, uh, mm-hmm. which are brought out nice uh, books, and uh, mm-hmm. have maybe not not so many, but have maybe fifty or yeah fifty or maybe mm-hmm. eighty books of great chefs. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, they Could you mention
1: them. any of their names?
0: Your yeah, favorites. Uh, one of the favorite books at this time was like uh, Peter Gilmore. Okay. From Sydney. He was, uh, yeah, really a beautiful cooking book. And also, yeah, Daniel Hum in New York. And mm-hmm. there, there are many chefs who are yeah. like uh, inspiring me or, yeah, like, uh, the, yeah, how can I say, during, they inspired me during over many years like this. Mm-hmm. And when I felt like, oh, I need like an idea what can i use what kind of uh, vegetable can i use then i take one of those book and uh, and look oh, okay they're using i don't know beetroot or carrot and maybe mm-hmm. I can, uh, can i use also carrot again it's like when you have some questions when mm-hmm. you are have like a bad moment without creativity then you take a book like to <laughs> support right your your mindset yes
1: yeah do, do you ever watch any cooking shows i'm curious to know if a michelin star chef you know sits down and relaxes and and watches any uh any um chef cooking shows
0: yeah to to be honest when i was younger i was mm-hmm. uh, reading magazines uh, as i told the, the books and uh, watching cooking shows and uh, you can learn uh, everything anything or some details you can yep. uh, yeah but now okay. I said I have to uh, take my time when I'm off now yeah. I, I am off I'm not thinking about the restaurant I'm not thinking about creating new dishes like when I was young I went home mm-hmm. I was uh, creating new stuff uh, working on the menu they said don't do anymore because uh, yeah. yeah it's not so so healthy so I split mm-hmm. it, the work-life balance and uh, in any way, I have to say, Chef's Table or other cooking, uh, cooking series, cooking shows—they mm. are doing a great job. And yeah. and even uh, Chef's Table—I was looking some episodes, and I really was happy. And uh, yes, it it brought yeah. back like uh, I was feeling like many years ago when I was like, uh, how can I say? I was like pushing forward, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, then I was an aggressive, uh, young chef. Uh, yeah, looking for a strong career. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you touched briefly on the menu. Could, could we talk a little bit about um, the the restaurant uh, and and uh, when you first started and and how you went about designing the menu? Yeah, sure. Because you know. Yeah, Was it um, something that came to you uh, intuitively or was it uh, a conversation with your business partner? Did you see what was happening in the market? Or was it just super intuitive um, menu? And it just came to you? I'm always interested in in this process.
0: Yeah. Right now we're doing uh, an eight course menu. And the, okay. the structure of the menu is like, uh, there's a uh, Amisbouche, some appetizers, then uh, we go to the cold starter, then you have uh, a dish with fish, and then you have uh, every time anything with risotto, and another dish with pasta, and mm-hmm. then the main course, cheese and dessert. And so the structure of the menu is like given,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because uh, from the Italian background I have and from the reputation that the people expect me to bring the risotto because it's a signature mm-hmm. dish and they expect me to bring a pasta dish and so this is giving okay and then i just have to yeah put in the the main products uh, what kind of uh, seafood or fish or meat do mm-hmm. i use yes and, and uh, the rest is the the season of the vegetables and so mm-hmm. i put together uh, yeah the, the dishes and
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the um, the the vegetables, you work a lot with farmers in the region or is it more uh, all around Switzerland?
0: I have a good supplier for vegetables and
1: mm-hmm. uh, if they
0: can, they take the products uh, which are the closest. Yes, but actually it's uh, also all over Switzerland and for many uh, products they import for me from Italy. From uh, okay. the market in Milan, yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah.
1: And um, the the research and development of uh, of the menu. How long does that take? To um, I mean, and and also how how often does it change the menu?
0: The menu changes every six to eight weeks. I mm-hmm. would say so. It's not all, only four times a year. Uh, we change it uh, more often but not the whole menu so we change maybe every six weeks three to four dishes and uh, Mm -hmm. we keep those dishes which are the favorites uh, of the guests
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. and uh, we take the bad out of the dishes which are out of season and uh, then we put in better yeah, better ones. Yes. And but, do
1: these new ones come in? Um, are they something that hit you when you're walking home or in the car or sat yeah. on the sofa? Is, is, is they exactly, just. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah every, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yes. Or, or you open Insta and you see just uh, it's not about copying anybody. It's mm-hmm. about uh, getting uh, yeah in, in inspiration. Yes. Just for uh, maybe mm-hmm. one product. And then you say, "Wow, nice product!" I have to do something with this, and then you create the rest around the mm-hmm. product or the basic idea. Yes.
1: Do you have a um, a dish that really sums you up as a chef on a plate? So, if I came into the restaurant and I just had one one uh, dish, would it be the risotto you talked about, or would it be something else?
0: Yeah, I, I guess this would be like the the, the, the Amispoosh right now, this okay. is like uh, it comes uh, from my heart and it uh, combines important parts of my career, yeah, with, uh, with, uh, yeah, with, with today and uh, mm-hmm. in the Osteria 3, in the last restaurant I could not do this fusion type dishes because uh, the name was Italian, the expectation was Italian food. Mm-hmm. and now in the Ackerman i'm more free i'm more open and mm. so i took uh, pork secreto this uh, super tender part mm. from from local pork and uh, i put the nam chim chow a thai barbecue sauce on top oh nice yeah and uh, and so like that reflects also my nice story from from bangkok because uh, i cooked in the mediterranean bistro but the mm-hmm. thai the thai people or the thai customers they wanted to have their own barbecue sauce they they said okay i don't want bernice make me a chimchao <laughs> okay <laughs> and, and right. so i told my staff okay can you make a chimchao for table 8 and then uh, and then i said and anyway you can show me too how how to make i love to learn the thai cuisine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. after a couple of times i said oh let me do the chimchao and then uh, I didn't let them try you know, my stuff, and uh, they said, "Chef, this you're doing quite good. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's okay." And uh, this was a really huge compliment because uh, the Thai people—they are so proud right. of their cuisine—and yes, and if they teach the foreigners, they're yeah, they're quite tough.
2: <laughs> mm. to catch. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: And so okay. that's, that's the story I, I tell also the people at the table now. Uh, they said, wow, wow, the Amish bush was great. It was also some Asian influence, right? And they said, yes, it was from my time in Bangkok. And then I tell exactly this story. And mm. they're really they they're really happy with this. Yeah, they, they celebrate this dish so much. They say, wow. And, and you eat it, and then it's uh, quite spicy. I, I, okay. I don't make it a uh, Swiss spice. It's still, it's still nearly Thai spicy yeah. and i like surprise. of whoa and uh you know at this moment they are the focus is in the restaurant for the food and so yeah they, they arrived and then the evening begins
1: wow sounds amazing um can you tell me a little bit about your management style as a, as a chef um like you know how how do you go about um, building a team around you at the restaurant when you first started uh, did you get people that kind of uh, you knew and that plugged in well to you, or was it? Um, yeah, H- how did that go?
0: Well, when we started, uh, I took with me from Bubendorf my uh, apprentice. She came with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then uh, I took uh, a new chef, the party into the team. He worked for me a couple of uh, weeks in, uh, in Bubendorf, But then the lockdown came as, and I couldn't uh, hire him there. So I hired him for the new project in the so. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then we have uh, a cook helper. That's already the cooking team. We are on, only four people in the kitchen. Oh, really? Yeah. We have wow. Quite, a quite uh, small team and I'm really working the, the whole day.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. I
1: mean... Are you working every every day or do you
0: we, we are open for Tuesday to Saturday only for dinner. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. Yes. Very nice. So the team
0: is quite small but uh, uh, consistent. So we don't have many changes the people that they, they like to work with me and uh yeah you know, regularly okay. they, they stay 2 3 years at least yeah.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um what would you say has been your most memorable moment as a chef throughout your career? You know, and ultimately, <clears throat> what, what was the, you know, for you the biggest, uh, yeah, achievement?
0: Yeah, for me, the biggest achievement was in, was in uh, Bangkok. When I recognized that the most important part for me as a chef to cuisine is not my ego and uh, getting all the props and the fame for me—it it is, uh, it lies in the education of my stuff mm-hmm. And uh, we we spoke about the the education system. And uh, in Switzerland we have the dual system, and in Bangkok they have the culinary schools, and then right. they can, they can go to the school and they make. Uh, maybe a course in uh, pizza <laughs> mm-hmm, <all laughs> and, right uh, it, it goes two or three months then mm-hmm. they then they have a certificate how to make pizza so they can go to the hotel and say look uh, now I'm a pizza chef mm-hmm. and uh, you get so many uh, applications to get a job from from many people and they have only uh, yeah one or two courses yeah, or certificates so they mm-hmm. are not well educated and so i said in my kitchen now we have to now i have to train them and uh, mm-hmm. yeah so so i tried to give them as much uh, knowledge uh, with mm-hmm. them as, as i could yeah and uh, they did, they didn't like <laughs> they didn't like it in the first moment but when i left <laughs> right. i gave them some uh, references personal references and then mm-hmm. they saw okay now he confirms that he teached me this and that and this and mm-hmm. so yeah so that was an important part for them to 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 see now my my worth on the uh, labor market is now much mm-hmm. uh, higher
1: yeah yeah and what do you what would you say is the most important qualities for a head chef to, to have with their, with their team.
0: <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think uh, in, in these days in 2023, 20, hmm. uh, there the sh- shouldn't be shouting chefs anymore. Yeah. So right. uh, we work in a team and we are a team and sure the head chef is like the, the regisseur <laughs> is uh, leading everything He's uh, mm-hmm. uh, checking at last the, the plates but uh, he should give also a lot of uh, the responsibility to the staff just mm-hmm. uh, also to yeah to to learn them how to be a, a responsible person or a responsible chef mm-hmm. and uh, like, okay. a, like a yeah, like leading them in this yeah. direction yes yeah. yeah okay so so sometimes I feel more like a supervisor and, right uh, yeah and so then i say oh look this uh, is not good enough for uh, yeah take care for this and for that and it's not like uh, a dictator but uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day i am a dictator <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah okay um let's switch gears a bit um and i just want to talk briefly about uh, um, switzerland and like the the swiss food industry in general like you know what's your take uh on the options available uh in and around your know, basel or wider in switzerland i mean do you think it's in good health now uh post pandemic uh, is there anything missing are you seeing a certain trend
0: i guess the fine dine restaurants they are in a uh, good shape
1: mm-hmm
0: Yes, and everything I hear from my colleagues here in Basel is is really good. From from Mm -hmm. the uh, yeah from the high price segment, they have the customers, and uh, they can deliver. And uh, they delivered also before the pandemic. They did a good job, and they are still doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see. I'm more skeptical in the regular restaurants, like so the, the Italian restaurants, like the yeah the regular ones. They are struggling okay. more. Yeah, yep. yeah, because okay. they, they have other team sizes, they have other prices, and yeah, for many okay. of them, maybe it's uh, it's quite difficult now. But the trend right now, next 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 week, the art is coming. So mm-hmm. may- maybe they can uh, get over it and have a uh, good business soon again. Yeah. Yeah. But,
1: uh, and, yeah. And, and, and in terms of the pandemic, I mean, what, uh, what were the main uh, lessons learned for yourself during this period?
0: Yeah. When the first lockdown came, I just started uh, reflecting myself. Am mm-hmm. I in the right place in my life? Mm-hmm. And at this time I worked in the Osteria 3. And uh, two two weeks before the pandemic I said, oh, I will stay here for another five years. <laughs> then the mm-hmm. lockdown came and then I said, oh, just, uh, am I at the right place? And uh, a couple of months later I resigned and decided to go to Basel. Wow. Just because I felt, no, I have to do something. I'm not, yeah, I have to get forward. Yeah, and it's a new challenge, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, so it really was like that move was born out of the, the pandemic, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, yes. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the, the, the biggest trend is right now in the Swiss culinary world? And is there anything that we should really get excited about, about uh, consumers?
0: No, I guess excited. No, (laughs) no, no, my colleagues are doing a great job. And uh, what what is a cool trend since a couple of years, the the focus on the regional products, Mm -hmm. that's a good part. And uh, the other, the other trend, uh, what is coming is the sharing concept and Mm. For this trend, actually, I don't, I don't get the point because uh, maybe six uh, <laughs> a billion, six billion people uh, of the world are eating shared mm. every day all yeah. the meals, and so for me it's like nothing new. It's just we do we do something that it's against the Swiss uh, culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. It's just yeah. new for Swiss people, but uh, in in Bangkok. Uh, Many of the of the Thai people said, "Ah, and uh, we we put in the middle everything. That's what's mm-hmm. quite quite normal there. Yeah. Yes,
2: okay. also in
0: the fine dine sector. Yeah, mm. and so uh, I don't get it why why it gets so much uh, publicity. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, um, okay, what I mean we we you know, on this pod we do get a lot of um of young uh uh, would be chefs and uh, uh, students uh, in the industry listening to this. Um, what learnings and advice would you give to all the the would be chefs out there? You know, uh, who, and who are also thinking about you know getting into into this life as a chef.
0: Just jump in. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. an awesome life, and it's such a beautiful job. Mm. All, all the hospitality and restaurant, it's such a great, great job and uh, you get so much uh, in return, yes. And uh, also just, just do it, don't listen to all the people uh, which are not happy with your decision, take your mm. decision, don't listen to the others, yeah
1: okay and is there any advice you would give to your 20 year old self if you could talk to him at 20 years old anything you know now that you would say to him
0: (laughs) no actually just uh, keep keep going (laughs) (laughs) okay the only thing i could say is uh, less ego more heart
1: okay, very yeah. nice,
0: but uh, okay. I, at the end uh, I had so much heart in it, so it's just uh, le- a little bit less ego, but uh, in this age it's normal you have the hormones and <laughs> <you> cannot, uh, <laughs> got out your body <laughs>
1: right right um Flavio very 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 nice I mean um the, you know we're we're almost done um thank you so much for for running through your your career and uh, your thoughts. It's uh, super cool. I just have um, just three last questions to ask before we go um, that I ask uh, everybody. Um, In your mind, is cooking an art or is it a craft?
0: Well, for me, uh, I say it's a craft. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, no, no, I don't know the words in English. It's it's definitely a craft, but uh, a fine one, yes. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you you need the feeling in your hands. Uh, yeah, it, it, cooking also. It, there's a variety of cooking. If you're going into Michelin star cuisine, you have uh, like people they can uh, uh, putting the the stuff on the plate like artists, and it looks mm-hmm. so great and inspiring. But the cooking process process itself is is a craft, and you have to learn the craft. But you cannot learn the talent
1: (laughs) right of course you
0: can dig it out yeah
1: and um, if you were trapped on a desert island uh, what three items would you take with you
0: a knife Mm -hmm. sunglasses (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and maybe maybe
1: a snorkel Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Um, Flavio, do you, do you have any social media accounts um, for yourself or, or the restaurant that our listeners can can hear to, and, and follow to see what you guys are doing? Yeah,
0: I have the Insta, Instagram account, uh, Flavio Fermi. And this is uh, like uh, combined with Akramanshof, yes.
1: Okay, cool. And um, yes, yeah, so, and what's next for you? What's next? Yep.
0: summer summer break summer summer break <laughs> no, okay. now, next week we have the art we have yep. uh, fully fully booked or nearly okay. overbooked and they are really looking forward for the art now because it's the yeah actually it's the second year but the first year in the first year all the tourists and the the art people they really returning back to Basel and uh, uh, I guess it will be a huge party yeah really wow. looking forward
1: okay. <laughs> sounds great yes, that's cool. awesome Cool that's it then Flavia. Th- thank you so much for uh, for being the guest today um and taking part in this podcast and uh, yeah it was really great. Thank you yeah, thank and you. Uh, yeah and thanks to all the listeners for for tuning in. Thank you and uh goodbye. Hey folks, thanks for listening to this episode of Grab a Drink with a Swiss Chef. Hope you enjoyed it and are much more wiser for it. And as I tell you all the time, if you fancy giving us a rating, it makes a big difference. I know it's a pain, but your support is crucial. So if you do feel motivated, go to wherever you get your pods from and give a review or a rating. Obviously, we depend on listeners and depend on more and more people finding out about this pod. So if you have liked what you've listened to, A good review really does help. Thanks, folks. Really appreciate it.